Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. The end of the year is upon us, which can only mean one thing. It's time for the annual holiday spectacular spectacular. And what a busy year it's been. Feels like we're back to pre-pandemic levels of activity, travel, and in-person events. For me, a portion of this is increased because of the monumental occasion, the launch of my first book, Collaboration is the New Competition, that launched in September. If it's waiting for you under the tree, you must have a very special person in your life, and even more so if it's signed. But never fear, if there was not a copy of the book under the Christmas tree for you, you could use any kind of Amazon gift card to purchase it in the new year. But on with the show, and here's a fun fact. This is our eighth year of producing this special holiday episode. Huge cheers to Leighton Cordell, who is always the instigator and chief editor and creative director and just has the most amount of fun with our team to produce every single one of these specials. In those eight years, we've held bake-offs, quizzed employees about holiday movies and music, and arranged ukulele quartets in very, very small podcast booths. This year, we are talking about a topic near and dear to our hearts, holiday marketing. You probably know this already, but Little Bird is a marketing company. We specialize in content marketing and sustainable revenue generation strategy. Holiday marketing is not what we do. It is an entirely different animal. It's an art form unto itself. And every October we watch as the stores concurrently assemble an array of Christmas trees mere aisles away from the display of inflatable jack-o'-lanterns. In November, as soon as Thanksgiving turkey is carved, Every TV commercial features jingle bells and snow. Social media is overrun by gift guides and targeted ads. The Postal Service delivers catalogs exclusively and emails. Oh my God, the emails. The footprint of holiday marketing is enormous. Here's the upside though. For marketing to stand out amidst this bedlam, it requires a tremendous amount of innovation and creativity. Christmas is to marketing what the Olympics are to sports. And they share the five rings, too. We asked all the peeps this two-part question, and we'll share their answers with you throughout the episode. First of all, what was a gift you were the most excited about when you were growing up, and was it influenced by advertisements or commercials? I'll go first. When I was a kid, my very favorite present that I got was one of those vacuum cleaners that made sound and had a light in the front. Like, like seriously. I actually found it under my mom's bed before Christmas, and she found me playing with it. Now, was it influenced by commercials? I don't remember any, but I know everybody else will get a great laugh out of that with my current life, knowing that I don't vacuum in my house, and that because I very much wanted the navy blue velvet couch that's in my living room, my husband actually vacuums that every day for me, and I'm very, very happy with it. So the idea that this vacuum was going to make me very happy as a kid, you know, doesn't really have any other further bearing on my adult life. But I remember being so excited about it and playing with that thing for hours and hours. Hi, my name is Chloe Williams, and I'm a graphic designer at Little Bird. My favorite gift growing up was Webkins, which are stuffed animals that you can register and play online with. I was definitely influenced by marketing because it seemed like every kiosk in the mall was promoting Webkins. They also hit their target market because every other kid I knew wanted to play online together. Hey, this is Corey. 
I remember seeing Super Nintendo ads everywhere during the holidays as a kid. So naturally, one of the coolest gifts we got was a Nintendo. Uh, unfortunately for us, it was the original system, so we were uh, several years behind everyone else. Apparently, advertising doesn't affect my parents at all. Hi, it's Audrey Hammond, Digital Marketing Coordinator at Little Bird. And one of the most memorable gifts I've gotten was the Barbie Extreme 360, complete with her skateboard and track suit. I don't think I would have known about her without marketing, um, and I still remember the commercial and how she could actually skate on her rollerblades. It's time for Little Bird Marketing's Shopping Frenzy Feud. The holidays, along with excitement, carry an inherent stress level. There's always the gatherings, the food prep, and the travel to contend with. Plus, we have decorations to be strung and hung, we have gifts to be purchased, lines to stand in, shipping to coordinate, and never quite enough wrapping paper. And everything has such a rigid, inflexible deadline. In the mix, every once in a while, there's a gift so coveted and so scarce that people truly lose their minds. Sometimes this occurs because the demand exceeds the supply. But other times, it's simply that the marketing was too successful. I'm your host, Stephanie Douglas, CRO here at Little Bird Marketing, and we're going to quiz selected peeps on some of the most notable holiday shopping frenzies of the past 40-ish years. Our shopping frenzy feud contestants are Tiana Garrison. Hello. Chloe Williams. Hello. And Madison McElwee. Hi, guys. Contestants, this is a multiple choice game. I'll describe a gift and give you three options. The first contestant to hit the buzzer will get the chance to answer. We're playing Jeopardy rules here, so you have to wait until the question is complete to hit the buzzer. Let's get into it. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. This line of soft sculpture dolls became immensely popular in the 1980s. In the holiday season of 1983, Demand skyrocketed, and stores were flooded with customers trying to secure one of these dolls. The frenzy led to long lines, fights, and even reports of doll thefts. Was it A, Polly Pocket, B, Cabbage Patch Kids, or C, Teddy Ruxpin? B, Cabbage Patch Kids. Very good, Madison. Okay, question number two. This is an interactive plush toy featuring a beloved Sesame Street character. It became a cultural phenomenon during the 1996 holiday season. As demand outstripped supply, stores experienced chaotic scenes with customers scrambling to get their hands on one, resulting in long lines, fisticuffs, and even injury. Was it A, Huggable Big Bird, B, Giggling Grover, or C, Tickle Me Elmo? Tickle Me Elmo! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Question number three. Contestants are really getting lively now. These electronic toys were a must-have during the 1998 holiday season. The chatty, interactive fluff balls were all the rage, meaning people lined up outside stores to get their hands on one, causing widespread shortages and in inflated prices on eBay and other secondary market locations. Was this A, Furbies, B, Scurvies, or C, Burbies? B, Furbies. That's not the rules. Chloe wins. What? So we are now at one each, guys. One each. Question number four. In 2000, people camped outside stores for days, fighting the cold and each other to get their hands on one of these. The demand was so high that some retailers resorted to holding raffles and lotteries to quell the crowds hoping to snag this gaming system. Was it A, Atari 2600, 
B, PlayStation 2, or C, Game Boy Color? What year? 2000. I'm Nicole and Chloe. Ah, okay. If someone needs to be, I need a minute. Madison. B. Yes, it was B, PlayStation 2. I got scared. Oh, good job, Madison. Such a high stakes game. It's hard. All right, so we have Madison with two points, Tiana with one, and Chloe with one. Okay, the final question is worth two points, and whoever gets this, therefore, will win. These sleek rides allowed kids of all ages to get from point A to B in style and on two wheels. They were so coveted in the early 2000s that it left parents scrambling to get their hands on them during the holiday season. Was this A, a big wheel, B, a Segway, or C, a Razor scooter? Tiana. C, a Razor scooter. Our newest champion of the holiday shopping frenzy feud is Tiana Garrison. <laughs> Congratulations. Tiana got three out of five correct. One that was worth two points and therefore the ultimate winner. Thanks for playing. So do you know how many bruises I had on my ankles from my Razor scooter? Oh my God. Oh my God. I had a green one. Oh, it was so cool. Hi, Danielle Adkins here, and I am a CMS at Little Bird. The gift that I was most excited to receive as a kid was definitely the DDR mat, Dance Dance Revolution, for PlayStation 2. I don't remember if it was influenced by holiday marketing or marketing in general, but probably so. Hi, Stephanie Douglas, Chief Revenue Officer at Little Bird Marketing. My favorite gift was a bright pink beanbag chair with a Cabbage Patch doll on top of it when I walked out of my room on Christmas morning. I am 100% sure these were impacted by marketing since those are pretty typical late 80s, early 90s gifts for a 10-year-old. Hello, my name is Natalie Johnson, and I am the Digital Marketing Coordinator at Little Bird Marketing. So my favorite Christmas present growing up has a bit of a short story behind it. My parents were out Christmas shopping one day, and my dad came across a display of dinosaurs. He got the bright idea that he would recreate this display in our living room on Christmas morning for us kids. So excited Natalie and siblings went to bed Christmas Eve with no dinosaurs in the living room, and we woke up Christmas morning to the most magical display of dinosaurs. They were eating ornaments, climbing the Christmas tree, and doing about anything you could imagine in our living room. There were pterodactyls, T-Rexes, and triceratops, and any other kind of dinosaur that you could probably name. And yes... My favorite Christmas present was influenced by marketing. This is Carly King, CMA at Little Bird. When I was growing up, the most significant gift I ever got was an American Girl doll. I saw them in commercials and would get ads in the mail and thought, I have to have one. Fun fact, I ended up with three and still have them all to this day. We're suckers for games and trivia here at Little Bird Marketing. So we decided for this year's Holiday Spectacular Spectacular, it was a good time to add America's favorite game show into the mix. That's right. It's Holiday Marketing Jeopardy. R.I.P. Alex Trebek, we miss you. I'm your host, Leighton Cordell. And if this is going to work, I'm going to need you to imagine me with a classic era Trebek mustache, a shock of salt and pepper hair, and a very fine gray suit. 
Are you with me? Cool. For this Jeopardy game, there's only one category. Influential holiday commercials. Before we get too far, it's important to make a note about the changing landscape of television commercials due to streaming. Gone are the days of a captive worldwide audience glued to a limited number of channels. But at any point between 1941 and around 2005, a woman in her 80s and a teenage boy may have seen the same commercial multiple times throughout the holiday season. Today, those same people see a very different set of ads and are likely watching on completely different streaming services and devices altogether. To that end, contestants in this game have been selected on two very strict criteria. One, they're marketing professionals with diverse reference points in the history of marketing. And two, they remember when commercials weren't skippable. Let's meet them now. Here's Stephanie Douglas, Little Bird Marketing CRO. Hi. Jamin Brazil, Fox Popme CRO and Honorary Peep. Just glad to be here. And Priscilla McKinney, Little Bird Marketing CEO. I'm so nervous. Contestants, you ready to go? Yes, let's do it. Again, I'm so nervous. (laughs) This is a reminder that what we're looking for is a product name or a brand name. And don't forget to answer in the form of a question. Stephanie, you have the board. What's your first pick? I'll take influential holiday commercials for 300, please. This classic Ogilvy and Mather commercial showcases a group of candies arranged as a choir, playing the tune of We Wish You a Merry Christmas with the sound of tune bells, creating a memorable and festive association with the brand. Stephanie? What is M&M's? I'm sorry, that is not correct. Priscilla? What is uh, Cherry Cordials? I'm sorry, that is also not correct. Jamin? What is Pampers? (laughs) Candy, Jamin. Very close. I'm sorry, the answer we were looking for is what is Hershey's Kisses? Oh, oh of course! Of I knew Mars. You, oh, oh you're, in the, you're in the right brand. Oh, oh. man. Pampers. Pampers. <laughs> we're off to a great start. Uh, footnote, that is the longest running holiday ad of all time. Wow. Stephanie, you still have control of the board. Let's make it a little easier on us. I'll go for same category, 100. This humorous commercial depicts two characters red and yellow, meeting Santa Claus. Both are shocked to discover the other exists. The campaign by BBDO Advertising Agency successfully combines humor, holiday cheer, and product promotion. Stephanie? What is the M&M's? That is correct. Stephanie, you have 100 points, and you still have control of the board. 200. While not solely a holiday marketing ploy, this brand often uses iconic Clydesdale horses running through the snow in numerous holiday advertisements, featuring heartwarming scenes and festive settings. Priscilla, you were first. What is Budweiser? That is correct. You have 200 and the board is now yours. Takes control. Uh, I'll take uh, influential holiday commercials for 500. This chilly advertisement by BVDO ad agency portrays a snowman walking into a house, taking off his scarf and sitting down for dinner. As he eats, the snow melts away and reveals that he is a boy. Stephanie. What is Campbell's? That is correct. Oh, Oh. Stephanie Ah. killed us. Okay, Stephanie has 600. Priscilla has 200. Jamin? What is zero? (laughs) All right, and we're going with 400 now. This iconic brand advertisement created by Ken Stewart features a pair of fluffy white North Pole natives gazing out at the movie, which is a scene of Northern Lights and toasting with their favorite soda. Stephanie. What is Coca-Cola? That is correct. And that means you have a thousand and we are moving into Final Jeopardy. Contestants, are you ready? Yes. Very nervous. This commercial by Campbell Mithin Esty features a soundtrack of a person whistling O Christmas Tree to a nearly still shot of palm trees at dusk. At the conclusion, one palm tree is lit up with Christmas lights and Feliz Navidad appears on the screen. I'll start the timer. 
and you can begin writing now. All right, contestants, time is up. It's time to take a look at what you have written for your answers. Let's start with you, Stephanie. What is pine soul? Okay, and your wager? I went all in. All 1,000. Priscilla, what did you write? What is corona? Good answer. And you also wagered everything at 200. Jamin. I am going to stick with my theme and go with what is depends. All right. <laughs> depends. Very good. And what is your wager? On your I'm all card? in. I'm all in. Jamin does not care about fake money. All in at zero. It's time to reveal the answer to Final Jeopardy. Pine yeah, soul. Pine soul. Depends. The answer we were looking for is... What is Corona? Oh, Corona? Yes! Yes! I was so close. (laughs) That means, Priscilla, you are the winner with 400. Thank you, contestants, for playing, and happy holidays. Stinky game. (laughs) Hello, this is Tiana Garrison. One of the best gifts I received as a kid was the Nintendogs edition Nintendo DS. My desire for this was greatly influenced by marketing. Each time I saw an ad for it, I made sure to remind my mom how badly I needed this in my life. On the TV, store catalogs, plastered all over the local blockbuster, reminders were everywhere. Needless to say, I got my point across and my mom got it for me for Christmas. Hi, Leighton Cordell here. The gift that I remember having the most anticipation around when I was a kid was a Game Boy. And I would say that it was 90% fueled by the ads that I saw in comic books. Hey, everyone. My name is Madison McWee, and I'm a content marketing specialist for Little Bird Marketing. My favorite holiday toy growing up as a child was the ooey gooey oven, which is similar to the pink and purple Easy Bake Oven. But me being a tomboy way back when, I wanted the black and purple and green and orange ooey gooey oven and a thousand percent the marketing and the commercials for this ooey gooey oven was the reason why I wanted the toy to see the commercials and see the kids my age making like candy bugs and green slime to put on top of your baked goods that's the reason I had to have the toy festivities before we say goodbye it's time for a fireside chat about christmas collaboration and tires my book collaboration is the new competition contains a plethora of examples showcasing how strategic and intentional collaboration yields better solutions and bigger wins for business here we find an example not contained in my book but a christmas lesson all the same if you ever dug through your parents grandparents or great-grandparents record collection, you've probably seen at least one holiday compilation record. In the era before streaming, music was a physical artifact. When the holidays came around, you either relied on the radio or you needed to actually own the Christmas records. 
I mean, come on. Remember having to be home that night that Charlie Bound Christmas played on TV? If you ever inspected these record sleeves closely, you'd probably see something a little odd. Most of them were produced by tire companies. Weird, right? Let's go back to the late 1950s. Stanley Arnold was an ad man working on a pitch for Lucky Strike cigarettes to help their dwindling sales. His pitch was unconventional. A partnership with a record label to create a compilation album of popular jazz standards. It was inspired in part by their jingle titled, Remember How Great. These records would be sold exclusively with cartons of Lucky Strikes by mailing $1 and proof of purchase. When he had caught the attention of Lucky Strike with the proposal, he then reached out to Columbia Records to arrange a collaboration. The costs were kept low and everyone benefited from the arrangement. Within weeks, the American Tobacco Company was flooded with mail. 2,300,000 people bought the cartons and sent in their dollars. The campaign reversed Lucky Strike's downward sales trends and, for Arnold, served as a successful test run for an even bigger project in 1961. Arnold knew two things. Number one, most people buy tires in the winter, specifically in the pre-Christmas season. And number two, Goodyear salespeople were very talented at selling. They just needed more people walking in the door. Goodyear's advertising director was looking for that traffic. He said people didn't know where the Goodyear stores were located. They didn't know what they sold exactly, and they didn't know their price ranges. Arnold's pitch was the same, but a little bit different. The great songs of Christmas he pitched to Victor Holt, VP of Goodyear. It would be a holiday compilation album featuring holiday classics. In his autobiography, Arnold says the executive team liked the idea, but they were really confused. We're not in the record business, they said. We're in the tire business. Arnold replied, you're in the people business. He reached back to Columbia and worked out another astonishing deal. Records would be priced at $1 again, enough to cover Columbia's costs entirely and increase the label's visibility. For Goodyear, the promotion got people in the door, which is exactly what they needed. The initial order of 900,000 albums sold out by December 1st of 1961, meaning that 900,000 people did exactly what Goodyear wanted them to do. They walked into the store. This campaign was so successful that it continued through 1977, producing 17 albums. Each year, Goodyear increased the record order, and each year they sold out. The University of Akron Archives and Special Collections maintains two boxes full of documents, including letters from satisfied customers. One from a Denver customer reads, It has added so much happiness to our Christmas season, and we never seem to weary of playing it. I'm a Goodyear customer from now on. Firestone, BF Goodrich, and General Tire all saw this momentum and followed suit, releasing their own exclusive holiday compilation records to equally great success. This is a holiday spectacular, spectacular example of how true collaboration in marketing can harness collective power to help businesses reach their full potential. It's also why grandma has so many holiday records from tire companies. No matter what you're listening to, all the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing say, have a safe and happy holiday, and as always, happy marketing.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.